Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Today, you'll hear Brian Buffini teach on the gift of giving from a recent event. Sit back and enjoy. And now we're going to talk about this big application of the gift, which is the gift of giving. And giving by Mr. Webster says this, it's providing love or emotional support. That's one, okay? Love or emotional support. So that's one aspect of giving. And then another aspect of giving is caring for someone's needs. That's why you give great service, right? It's caring for someone's needs. In our family, uh, you you get your confirmation. And uh, of the five brothers, four of us have the name Francis, you got a confirmation name, okay? And uh, my mother's a big fan of St. Francis of Assisi. And here's one of, the, here's one of her quotes that so she made it into the seminar. And it's, for in the giving that we receive, okay? And I always remember growing up with that because we didn't have a lot, but we, my mother was always given. You know, like she was always, like she used to say, oh, I do the loaves and fishes three times a day to feed you, shower. But then she'd feed the neighbors, and she was always given, and it was always, always this time. It was a great example to see, and it's, it's that type of dynamic. And Frank, she said, no one has ever become poor by giving. And again, I'm going to take it, we're going to take it all the way to the altruistic, but I'm going to drive it all the way back into the most personal aspect it can possibly be here. Yesterday, we talked about gifts. Here is the first major point I want to say. Your gifts are for giving. Who buys a gift and keeps it from themselves. Now, you treat yourself. Some of you are professional shoppers. And you go Christmas shopping or birthday shopping, and you, you see something, you go, I shouldn't, but I'm gonna. And I, I'm treating myself, right? That's fine. But whoever bought a gift for somebody and then never gave it to somebody, or buys gifts all the time and never gives them to people, it'd be a very strange situation. Would you guys agree? What's the best part of a gift? Is it? Keep going. Do you ever stay around to see them open it up? And then what happens? Apparently you guys don't do this. So here's the thing. Where I grew up in the Western Hemisphere, they get this tree, they cut it down around Christmas time. You know, baby Jesus was born, all this kind of stuff. And they got this guy with a white beard, red hat, that other thing, and Santa Claus, and you got the gifts, you wrap them up, that, and then you give these gifts to one another, and then you, you guys might want to write this down. It's a great thing. People open up these gifts, and when they see it, you guys should try this. It's a fantastic thing. It's great. Then you eat all day, watch football. You know, it's great. The gift is in the blessing that other people receive from your gift. Okay? That's the whole deal. It's the blessing that other people receive from the gift you gave them. That's why when someone first comes to me, and I am very gracious and patient with people coming along, and they'll ask me a question at an event where we're just starting to teach them how to work by referral. And they go, I just have a hard time getting on the phone asking for people because I'm a real giver. And I understand that. And that's such a, I know where they're at, but it's like, it's a baby, baby question. 
in the understanding of giving. Because it's, their presumption is that I'm teaching them how to take. And, it's, and I, I'm very patient with that because there's a process to grow and learn and learn. But going through this process and coming to the, the elements of what we're talking about and getting to a stage of mastery and understanding what it is, is the truth of the matter is the gifts that you have at birth, honed and refined through practice, through experience, through preparation, through focus, honored, not your identity, not who you are, but when you give your gift away, it is a blessing to other people. So that's why when I'd be on the phone going, oh, by the way, I'm never too busy for your referrals, that's a dialogue about who else do you know that wants a visit from Santa Claus without saying that? Are you with me? Who else do you know that wants to be blessed? How many of you in here have ever referred someone to go to one of our events? Could I see your hands? How many of you yourself were referred to come to one of our events? Did that person do you a favor? Have you done people favors like that? And they got exposed to a gift that became a blessing. How is that any different for me than for you? Like, how is it possible? By the way, we all got these gifts given to us by the same giver. So how is my gift any different than your gift? You just see me as the guy on the stage with the microphone, and you're you. Your gift is special, precious, magnificent, designed to be given and to be a blessing to others. It's easy to kind of third party, well, Brian does that and Brian does this, and, or other people do this and other people do that, and not see yourself on the field, in the game, playing the game. Are y'all following me? You've been given these gifts. You've honed them through experience. Sometimes those experiences were tough experiences. Through garnering wisdom, you've also honed those gifts through preparation, through growth. You're the people who come to a seminar when other people are uncomfortable doing that, and rightly so. You grow. You've gone to seminars. You've taken coaching. You've done training. You've done that, 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 that. You'll fly around the country to talk to one another and go to small groups and connect and do this and do that. And all you're doing the whole time is polishing up the gift. You're the diamond. All you're doing is cutting out the rough edges, being the better version, polishing the gift, polishing the gift, polishing the gift. Same as me. We're in this together. The key is to make sure, and again, when you have the proper identity with this, that you don't find all your value in it, are you guys with me? And you get to realize, hang on a second, I've been given this gift, my job's to give it away. And to give it away in environments and places where the needs match up with the gifts and where it's received and valued. Because sometimes, here's the thing, sometimes people are so junked up themselves. I had a situation here recently with a young guy who really needs some help, who asks me for some advice. You're the man, da-da-da, Mr. B. So there's a lot of these young people, that's right, you know, like Mr. B this and Mr. B that. And so a lot of his buddies got together, you need to meet Mr. B. And so this guy is kind of telling me his problems, and I said, okay, all right. Well, if you're open to it, I might try this. And he goes into this big negotiation on why you shouldn't do that. Oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. No worries. And then things get a lot worse. Four or five weeks later, he comes back. Now he's kind of in a real pickle. And I was going to go play golf with my boys. And there was an opening, and he's a friend of my boys. So he, so he comes along. Say, hey, Mr. B, can I ride with you for a few holes? Now, remember that situation? Well, now this has happened, this has happened, this has happened. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds like what I was projecting, yeah. 
Bold predictions, happens often, once a year, tune in. And I said, remember, I kind of let you know that was going to happen. Yeah, 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 you know, but this, that, 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 that. So, well, what do you think I should do? I said, well, well, if I were you, I do this and this and this. And we get the same thing. I just stop the car. I go, out. Out. I'm here to play golf. I'm here to hang with my boys. I said, I have people fly over the world to hear that advice. I said, you're not ready for it. I'm not Okay doesn't make you a bad dude. But I said, I love you enough to let you know. Your head's up your arse. (laughs) And I'm not in the head out of the arse extraction business. So when you see a little daylight, y'all come back and see me, okay? Now get in the other cart. And and that, you know, and you're like, oh, okay. I had to love that kid enough because no one's ever done it for him. And he's going to have to learn the hard, hard way. And I've learned the hard way because in the past, I'm going to save that kid. I don't want him to experience that pain. I know what he's heading to. I know how difficult it's going to be. I know how sideways. I know he didn't have a dad in his life and he doesn't know how to get this advice. And, this and, that, and I know what's there and I'm going to save this kid if it kills me. And you know what? I've done that so many times. It's almost killed me. Can you guys relate to this? So uh, you have to learn the discipline to go and give the gift where the gift is received. I, I'm going to tell you this, and I've said this same thing before, and many of you, as you continue on this path and you continue to become more and more successful, and we have more and more multimillionaires in this program like we do, I will say this, and I've said it many times, the hardest thing in my life is giving money away. It's the most difficult, disappointing, laborious, brutal deal. And it, it never ceases to disappoint. And I've had to work very hard to find the places where I can connect and actually invest, those kinds of things. That's the way all giving is to some degree. You have to find the places where it's your gift and what you have meets the needs of the people, meets their need, is a blessing to them, but you to go to the people that actually receive it, and then it's a blessing. And I will say this, it'll always surprise you who receives the gifts. It'll never be who you think. Is this all making sense? Pablo Picasso, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. The meaning of life is to find your gift, and the purpose of life is to give it away. That's one of the best I've ever heard for a guy that's been collecting quotes for 30 years. And in the context of what we're talking about today, I think it's very good. Because we're all looking for a bit more meaning, and we're all looking for a bit more purpose. The greatest gift to give is what? Yourself. Yourself is the greatest gift. And that's why, to be honest with you, I no longer just give money to anything. Is I won't give money unless I can give myself. Because that's what I found out. Not control, but they need to value all the stuff that comes with the money. And my Angelou, what a woman. I have found that among its other benefits, giving liberates the soul of the giver. (sighs) Well, she had a lot of good things to say. She spent a lot of time thinking. I found that among its other benefits, giving liberates the soul of the giver. Ooh, little liberation of the soul. That's not a bad thing. Okay, so I'm going to walk you through this. And for those of you who've been around the block a few times, I'm going to take you down memory lane with an analogy I used to use, but now I'm going to use it in a different context, and it'll make it an even deeper cut. The gift of mastery is practiced in the principles, three principles, 
The gift of mastery is practicing the principles of learn, do, and teach. Learn, do, and teach. How many of you ever heard me tell my old Sea of Galilee story? Anybody remember that story? Yeah. We're going to go down memory lane. Little Sea of Galilee. Been to Israel a bunch of times. First time was uh, me and Beverly went with a group. It was right before we were married. So 1989, great time going through that whole thing. And and since coming back, and I've been there many times, the last time I was in Israel, it's funny how, you know, you're, I'm just this real estate trainer, and this guy who owns uh, Remax Israel has been asking me, he asked me for 15 straight years. So I finally said, it was AJ's senior year. I said, where do you want to go? He said, let's go to Israel. So I get on the phone. I go, okay, Dermo, call Bernard Raskin. Tell him I'm taking eight kids with me to Israel. If I'm going to find out what it costs. Tell him that's what he pays me. I'll go. So this guy was smart. <laughs> he gets every real estate company in Israel together. And I, I fly into Israel with the boys. And I got to tell you, it was the craziest, wildest. And I've had crazy wild out of 2,500 seminars. I've had a lot of strange things. But I never had anything like this. We're in Tel Aviv. He books out the main convention center in Tel Aviv. And the closest thing I can describe it to is like a Roman emperor arriving. And they had this, 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 had this giant entrance of like these sycamore trees. And he got flags with my image. And there's 40 on this side, and they're 30 feet tall. And there's 40 on this side. And then there's little mini-me's everywhere and signs like this and <laughs> and I'm, I'm walking in, I'm like, holy crap. And I come in, and he says, he's, he's warning me. Now, listen, my people are tough. They're tough. They're going to give you stink eye. Some of them don't speak English so good. You know, they're, they're, we're a little crusty over here. And this, you know, this is going to be difficult. No worries. I'm the guy. Send me in. And I come walking in, and these people go ape bananas. But there's a whole other series of stories. I think I'm going to cut it off because they get really wild from there. Show me a man skilled in his labor, he'll serve before kings. You get good at your gift, it's, I have no idea the places you'll end up. If you'd have told me when I got on a plane and came to America and I was in a hospital bed with the bone sticking out of my leg, that one day you're going to be going to Israel and they're going to treat you like Caesar. That's a bit strange. But this area has always been special to me. It's about the size of New Jersey. There's this, you know, I've been reading about it since I was a boy. And so you go there, and there's the famous Jordan River, right? And everybody knows about the Jordan River. And then you hear about the Sea of Galilee, right? And it's, it's, it's a beautiful place. Um, but it's not exactly a sea. In fact, Texas, they call this a lake. In fact, they call it somebody's backyard. So it's this huge big lake, but it's not a sea. And it's just beautiful. It's beautiful, and for thousands of years, this Sea of Galilee, it provided all the drinking water. All the animals were, received their water. All the crops, all the little gullies and areas they built off and funneled the water off to make all the land grow. So the whole country was fed by this little Sea of Galilee. And then the water goes down into a body of water that's seven times the size. So this here is 7X, Right? And we always hear that, you know, like 10x your business and all those kinds of things. So this, this body of water is seven times the size. Now, the thing is, this is a great tourist attraction. 
Has anybody ever been to the Dead Sea? It's great, right? So what, what's, what do we know about the Dead Sea? Uh, it's full of salt, right? Which, uh, like, well, the first time I was there, right? We're, I'm dating Beverly's, a bunch of us there. I go running in, you know, jump in. You're, you're floating the whole time, right? And I'm like many Irish members of the swim team. Like, if you, you can make the Irish Olympic swim team if you can float. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I don't float very well. So I'm in the old water. I'm like, hey. And so I remember when, in one of my history, geography books when I was a kid, they had a picture of a guy reading the newspaper in the Dead Sea. And I always thought, if I ever get there, I'm going to do that. So here I am. I was reading the newspaper in the Dead Sea. Now, the one downside I give you is a great picture. If you ever do that, you need to be aware that salt gets everywhere. Oh, yeah. They don't put that on the brochure, just so you know. And they sell the Dead Sea mud, right? It's this mud all around your face and wherever else. But the Dead Sea is known for what? For being dead. Nothing lives in the Dead Sea. It's an attraction for its nothing. It's got so much salt, it's dead. So how does this happen? And I, I think this is a great analogy for people. This is a great analogy for life. The Jordan River, here's the inflow. This fresh water flows in to the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee that's fully alive, that's this small body of water that's one of the most famous things, bodies of water in the whole world, and that provided all this life for generations. Water flows in, circulates around, and then flows out. Fresh water flows into the Dead Sea. In fact, there's a little place called Nachal David on the, right outside the Dead Sea, and they have these springs, and you stand underneath it, and you drink the water, and it's a beautiful taste in water. And that beautiful taste in water goes right into the Dead Sea. And the reason the Dead Sea is dead is that nothing flows out of the Dead Sea. I've had a chance to meet three billionaires. One of them is rich, and the other two are very, very poor. They have a big body of water, but there's nothing flows out. Their gift is in making money, and their identity is in having money. Their identity in who they are is that, the power, the influence, the control that comes from that. Both those guys were very similar in my interactions to the kid I kicked out of the golf cart. I have hope for the kid because he's young. Not as hopeful for the other dudes because they're not so young. Are you guys following me? Fresh water flows in, nothing flows out. So what's the equation? What's the fresh water coming in? Here it is. That's when I ask that question and write something. When you guys used to be my clients that attended events, you would all repeat the word. Welcome back. The fresh water that circulates around. Ah, they're getting it. And then the water that flows out is the teach. Learn, do, teach. Now, it doesn't mean that everyone has to be a teacher. Some teachers teach by example. Some teachers teach by modeling. Some teachers teach by mentoring. Some people just lead by example. And you're a great teacher. Some people are able to communicate and articulate. Need to do that. But it needs to be built around the gift, the need, and meeting the need. That's where the magic is. That's where the magic is. That's where the magic will happen for you. 
Aristotle said, those who know do, that those who understand teach. Is there a difference between knowing and understanding? You're the leaders. We produce this philosophy which has existed for thousands of years. We just happen to communicate how these old world, old school, traditional, value-based principles could apply in a new industry. And then we put some cool marketing jargons and things and items of value and Popeyes and personal notes and whatever else to it. But I knew full speed that we had to grow this thing by way of referral because the only people who would be attracted to this that would actually last at it were people who this was them. Like that, the heart of it makes sense. The mind of it makes sense. The practice of it makes sense. This sounds more like me. And that's why I knew we had to build this business, not through some slick marketing campaigns. We had to do it old school, hardcore, belly to belly, face to face to find people who would be attracted to it, practice it, and then live it, who then many, many years later are called the most powerful force in the entire industry, as the entire industry has changed because of the people. That's why I spend time with you guys, and that's why I'll tell you all the good stuff and the fun stuff, and I want to build you up and pump you up and excite you, enthuse you, get you going, but I also challenge you guys, because you guys are the ones who are going to make the difference, the gifted ones. So here's your greatest gifts. Number one, your time. Number two, your attention. Do you guys know what that means? What's your attention? It's, It's that focus, yeah. So if you're going to do something, do it, do it right, do it well, so you can't do too many things, okay? Some got too many people, too many projects, too many, okay? Number three, your example. Your example. Who you are, speak so loud. I can't hear what you're saying. Who you are, speak so loud. I want to follow you and do what you're doing. Number four, your insight. And lastly, your resources. I tell you the story about the young guy because I just want you to feel encouraged. You've, someone has come to you and asked you for advice. You've given them advice. They didn't take it. Just so you know, that happens to me too. Are you guys with me? Okay. Here's a, a real American hero. You talk about tough, emotionally tough. Emotionally tough people are the ones who stay positive no matter what. And they're grounded. And this guy, Fred Rogers, I've been studying this guy's life. Mr. Rogers, the greatest gift you ever give is your honest self. Your honest self. What a beautiful thing. Okay? What, there were three movies made about him about a year ago? No interest in himself at all. But he gave his honest self to kids. You know what he said about kids? He said, kids can smell a phony a mile away. So your time, take care of business. Take care of your business, okay? So you've got to take care of that foundation. You've got to take care of that business. You've got to make sure that your business is humming. You want to give yourself away. You want to make an impact. You want to be a blessing. Take care of your business. You have a business. Take care of your business. I have people who want to run away and join the circus. I've been doing this a long time. I'm ready for the next thing. The thing you're doing now is the next thing. It's going to get you to the next thing. It's going to be the foundation for the next thing. It allows you to speak from experience. Bob Bodine's words, I'm able to bring a dude like this in. And here's the thing, you guys are great, you're positive, you're enthusiastic, you're fired up. He's like, I've never seen an audience like this. I've never seen people take pictures like this and write notes like this. And I, I told them ahead of time, I tell them all the time. But here's the thing, you guys are not the easiest people because you guys can smell a phony a long way away. 
But the dynamic is I'm able to bring a guy like that to you guys because he's 41 years of being there doing that. That's why I can hand out microphones to whoever wants to know, whatever. And he, you can tell, oh, that, guy's, that guy's sat in living rooms. That guy's had these conversations. That is the key to this whole thing. When it comes to your gift, you are in business. This is the business you're in. Be great at it and have a great business. And do it so well that it'll free you up to do these other things. And I promise you this, when you get freed up to do this stuff, it makes you better at the other. I had that conversation 25 years ago with Kathy Martin. Her gift, she wanted to run. She was great at it, but she was a realtor. I said, being better at one will make you better at the other. Be watching. They wouldn't let us play it at the, uh, the seminar because it's just brand new. But there's a brand new commercial. Have you, has anybody seen it? There's a brand new commercial. This is the third commercial featuring this woman. She's 65 years of age. She holds 50 world records at running. And she was the top realtor in her board for 27 years. And she's been in our coaching program for 25 years. Okay? And so being good at one made her better at the other. Okay? And that's why I say, just so you know, this whole gift to giving thing, you'll find yourself getting up early, reading more, working out better, eating better, operating at a higher level because you got this other thing going as well. And oh, by the way, you'll make more money than you ever did. I've been living it a long time and I've seen this over and over again. Now, I don't try to ever sell people, be a giver because you make more money because that's kind of the lowest form of motivation ever. Are you guys with me? It's a consequence and a byproduct of it. So take care of your business. James Brown said, don't let nobody take care of your business better than you. You know, I've met James Brown several times. The last time I met James Brown in person was with my pilot, Edgar Rosado. And we had been on the road for quite a few weeks, and we got in late at night, pulled into Vegas. And Edgar and I are walking to our room, and we see this man walking towards us. And uh, it was James Brown. And he was wearing cowboy boots and a cowboy hat and nothing else. (laughs) And some images. True story. Next, take care of your money. Take care of your money. Take care of your money. Russell Conwell, he wrote a little book called... I've never talked about it. Acres of Diamonds. You guys should check this book out. It's great. Russell Conwell. He said, you cannot trust a man with your money who cannot take care of his own. Man or woman, that's the case. Take care of your money. My man Ben Stewart is here. Ben, we know a few financial planners who haven't planned their own finances too good. It's amazing how many casualties there is in that. Make sure you're taking care of your money. You know, we're great at giving advice to people on their money. Make sure we take care of the money. Okay? Why? Because to use your gift and to give yourself away is a very expensive proposition. And you've got to have the resources to do it. Are you guys with me? Because in this next stage of your game, you're going to be buying back your time. You're going to be buying back your time. Invest your time. Don't spend it. Don't spend it. I really, I'd say this is probably the biggest area of growth in my life in the last three to four years. Because I no longer spend time but I like to invest a lot. And investors are people who invest. And the same philosophy Warren Buffett would have towards money is the same way I invest time. 
I'm thinking long-term, I'm thinking big picture, and I'm thinking it's got to be systemic and strategic. He says the rich invest in time, the poor invest in money. Leave that where you want it. Next, your attention. What needs do others have that impact you? This is where the gifts are so amazing. I get this all the time. So I get at least a hundred opportunities to donate money to very worthy causes and things every month. Brian, knowing who you are, knowing how you're wired, this is something I'm involved in, and boom. And it's, it, it can be very serious or very this and very that. And it's not, it, I'd love to help everybody, but it just doesn't do it for me. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. It means there's something right with that person. But they have to understand that just because that really fires you up, that doesn't mean it fires me up. Are you guys tracking with me? And what this is, is the evidence of your giftedness. It's giftedness along with your experiences and what ultimately produces empathy for you. Giftedness, experiences, and empathy. Now that you've heard that, this quote I've been throwing at you for years might make more sense, which is, out of your pain comes your purpose. Out of your pain comes your purpose. There are people who have tremendous sense of purpose about things because of a pain they experienced or a tragedy or a difficulty they had in their life. Now, they'll come to me and want me to be as fired up about it, but I, I'm, I'm on something else. Oh, by the way, I was a guy who was never mentored, was searching for it all the time. So all my mentors were like, I, I, Zig Ziglar, I'd read his books and I'd listen to his cassettes or I'd do this or I'd do that. And I searched out all these people all the time. And so constantly starving for that. And, I, and, and by the time I got to meet these people, they were asking me to mentor them. When you meet your hero and your hero says, you're my hero, I'm like, that's not what you want to hear. That's not what you want to hear. But that's been my life pattern. And I believe God's given me that to create the drive that built a coaching company that would pour itself into people's lives who wanted to grow and wanted to help. And that absence is what created the passion and, the, and that's why during recessions, and you go, okay, Brian and Bev are on this path. The company's losing a million bucks a month. And Brian and Bev sold $40 million of their own real estate. Who knows what that might be worth today? Probably a hundred. To sell it, to keep the company open. I- I'll be candid with you. Even though I'm explaining it to you, there's no angst about it whatsoever. The conversation with my wife to sell basically 80% of our real estate holdings went like this. I go, hon, if we're going to keep the company open, we're going to have to sell off almost all this real estate. Okay. She goes, is this still the mission? Yeah. Has God sent anything different? No. Okay, then. That was the end of the discussion. Now, that meant sacrifice on my wife's behalf. That's why it has to be your gift connected to your journey with your experience, what brings out empathy for you. And it's like, man, that's the hill I'm willing to go down on. And it's easy. It's not a sacrifice at all. So that is one of the best examples of your own giftedness at work, is that there will be things that connect with you in a different way that does for almost anybody else. Next, for your attention, you prioritize the needs and the opportunities. You have to prioritize them. Because guess what? 
Mother Teresa was called Mother Teresa of Calcutta, not Mother Teresa of India. She became a world figure. But Mother Teresa had her missions in a city in a town called Calcutta because as big as her heart was and as big as her influence became, she couldn't help them all. She couldn't help everybody. And you can't either. And I can't either. So you have to pick those things that just strike your heart. One of the things I've gotten very involved in is because I'm very involved with relationships. I only invest in relationships. So one of the things I'm very involved in is with Mitch Albom. You remember Mitch? So we've had Mitch come out and so on and so forth, and he's this delightful guy, and we've met him and so on and so forth. And Mitch, when the earthquake in Haiti happened, it just struck his heart. I don't know why. Here's this white suburban sports reporter who suddenly got his heart ripped open for a place he'd never been to and went down there with a bunch of lads and saw an orphanage. And basically, after this earthquake, these orphans were literally cast to the street to starve and fend for themselves. And he, because he'd taken care of his business and because he'd become a best-selling author, it doesn't mean he's a gazillionaire because he's not, but he'd done well. He could throw himself into this thing. And as I've seen him and I've seen the relationship and I see his integrity and I see how he approaches it, then I got exposed to the kids and then I exposed to what they do. 100% of these kids go on to college now. And it's in the most abject poverty. And I've been in places all over the world. I've never seen poverty like this. And so then, I'm, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this, just not to self-aggrandize. I, want, I always try to be an example to you. But this is one of the things I'm involved with. And it was his passion for it really drew me in. And I saw the kids. And then my kids went, we want to help these kids. Now, at the same time, I got this guy over here who wants to build this facility, a sports field. And for 500 grand, I can do this and this and this and this and that. And I go, okay. But he doesn't understand. He wants this nice Southern California sports field. And they kind of have a sports field now. And the kids play now. And the kid, there's lights and there's games. It looks a lot better than the field I played on. And he doesn't understand. I'm listening to, no, I can feed 150 kids for six months with that. And he's like, well, what's wrong? Like, okay, I get you. And I go for it, pal. Go for it. But that's not my go for it. Are you guys with me? Yes or no? And understand you're going to have to, with your gift of your time, your attention, your efforts, your resources, you're going to have to be very selective about those things that you pour yourself into. You follow me? Unleash your mind and problem-solving abilities. Sam and Edith in this room? Sam and Edith? Are they maybe they're next door? Oh, Sam and Edith. How y'all doing? 25 years in coaching, doing that thing. Do you guys remember the Piney Woods School? So Piney Woods was an African-American boarding school in Mississippi, been there 108 years, referred to us by one of our clients who's since passed away. So one of our one members, I mean, here's the thing, you guys are my community. You guys write me letters. and I take all that stuff to heart. I get this referral. I check this school out, doing amazing work, doing all this stuff, whatever else. And I reach out to them. And they were excited because a guy with a fly, private jet just flew into Mississippi to a school that had big needs for finances. And so there was a couple of people that met me, and the one guy, just all he saw was a big check because he doesn't know who I am. Not, you don't know who I am. He doesn't know who I am. And there's this other guy there. And I said, I love what you're doing. I love what this is all about. I'm all into this, and I'm not going to give you a dime. And I flew home on my private jet. But what I did do 
is the one guy that was interested, I said, we're going to give you something more than money. We're going to give you insight. We're going to give you structure. We're going to give you system. You want a couple of million bucks from me? I'm going to give you a way to make 10 to 15 million a year and be self-sufficient and not beholden to one guy with a jet who comes in one day and says, you're not doing things the way I like it. And so we coached them up, right, Sam and Edith? We show them the way. They had never thanked any of their donors. 108 years, completely supported by donors. They had never thanked any. They were too busy serving the kids. Does this make sense? By the way, is there ever a realtor who was too busy to go back and thank their past customers? I think so. That's how I made a living, teaching you guys a confession letter and go back to the people you did business with and you got too busy for. So it didn't mean they were bad people. They just got preoccupied. So they'd never thanked a donor. They'd never given an update on a donor and what was going on in the school. They didn't have an alumni base they stayed in contact with who'd all gone on from this school, 100% graduation rate, who'd gone on to do these extraordinary things. I mean, cure diseases and do all stuff and work in NASA and whatever else. These kids, they were working on a farm in Mississippi. And so we put the working by referral system in place for their fundraising. And Sam and Edith became the Buffini Company envoys to help those folks and changed a lot of people's lives. And for the next eight years, they did great. And then a new guy came in and he dropped the program. And so Sam and Edith, guess what? I got a letter last month. Do you understand I just told you a story about you and not about me? Did you catch it? How many of you know how to work by referral? How many of you know how to turn a business around? How many of you turned your business around? Okay. How many of you kind of turned your life around at the same time? Hello? I don't know any church. I don't know any ministry. I don't know any charity. I don't know any cause that doesn't need that. So if you want to give them a few bucks, God bless you. But why don't you do this? Why don't you give them away yourself and say, if you're interested, I can show you a way that you're not dependent on me or anyone else ever again. We're going to give, we're going to encourage, we're going to connect, we're going to thank, we're going to appreciate, we're going to give back information, we're going to share people, we're going to share the stories of what happens here, what we're doing, how we're going to tell the stories, we're going to do this. And here's the thing, this is why I turn my own business around, we can turn you guys around too. Do you understand that most of you in here could turn around a whole bunch of major corporations and a whole bunch of major charitable organizations? You people, not this guy, you people. Do you understand? Do you know what the heck you're sitting on and how valuable it is and how impactful it is? And what happens is I'm the guy. See, America is a celebritized nation. So it's the guy on the stage and the big name and he's got a podcast and whatever else. And they miss it. So no, no, I'm not going to write you a check. I'll give you something far bigger than that. Now I'll find my places to give checks. But you have so much to offer. You have this gift. You have this experience. You're sitting in this freaking room. You don't get to sit in this freaking room unless our company says you deserve to be here. And you do, and then some. This is who you are. So when you want to know what you can give, there's people starving for what you have. John Kennedy said, our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by any man as man and can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. And most problems I've found are not beyond the referral system. And not because I invented it. I didn't invent it. It's been around a long time. We focused it in real estate, but it works everywhere. How many of you have helped another business person with their business? Let me see your hands. I'm going to tell you, most charities, most ministries, they don't thank people. 
They don't give updates. They don't give feedback. They don't tell the stories. They don't stay in contact. They don't have someone doing calls, notes, or, or client parties, which is the annual get-together where we tell all the stories and do all the whole thing and yada, yada, yada. Next, your example. Pursue the best version of yourself. Glad you're here. Pursue the best version of yourself because if you pursue the best version of yourself and you give that away, oh my goodness, you're giving something even more valuable away. Stock price is up. Judy Garland, be the best version of yourself, not a second-rate version of someone else. Next, perfection is not the goal. I hope not. I'm always trying to do my best. I'm all into it. Yes, OCD, da-da-da, I want to do da-da-da-da-da. And I can tell you, I've never yet done anything perfect. John Dewey said it this way, not perfection is a final goal, but an ever-enduring process of perfecting, maturing, refining, there's my heritage word, and is the aim of living. Look at that. Perfecting, maturing, refining, living. Next. Here's the best. Warts and all, you are an example. Perfect doesn't live here. Warts and all. You know, one of the biggest concerns I have about where we are today, and I plan on being involved and trying to be part of the solution, is uh, we're becoming a graceless society. What started out as political correctness and became cancel culture is a graceless society. A person says this or misspeaks or does this or is perceived to have done that, and they are canceled. It's a graceless society. It's graceless, it's humorless, and it's devoid of humanness. Nobody can hold up in that. Nobody can hold up in that. And so oftentimes, I will, honest to God, when I've thought of the highest things I can be a part of, for me personally, I don't know if this relates to anyone at all, but when I think of I could do this and I could do this, the first thing that comes to mind are my worst failings. Well, you can't do that because of this. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the guy standing before you right now. This is the thought process. Now, the good news is with all the personal growth and all the things and the anchor to faith and good relationship and wife and kids and people and accountability partners and whatever else, I now know how to work my way through those things. But the minute you go to do some cause, you're going to say to yourself, who the hell are you to give anyone advice? Who's going to listen to you? You are so screwed up. You, you, you got, barely got out of bed this morning. You know, you got this thing. You're dealing with anxiety. You can't do this. Remember we talked about yesterday about that inner enemy? That inner enemy often snuffs out people from using the gifts God's given them because you're not all that in a bag of chips. Here's the thing, you're not. Those mistakes are real. That's why the gift is pure. Focus on the gift. Does that make sense? Willard Scott, positive feelings come from being honest about yourself and accepting your personality and physical characteristics, warts and all. Positive feelings come from that. That level of self-acceptance. Next, your insight. Have people come and ask you for your advice, yes or no? So here it is. Only give the most important feedback. Okay? Don't give them the whole load. Sometimes I shudder at the thought of people coming home from peak experience. (laughs) Oh, there's some conversations coming. (laughs) Be a little gracious. We've got to do the half day. Take them to the turning point. We take them from the turning point into the coaching, the coaching into the mastermind, and then the peak experience. You didn't start at peak experience. Is that fair? And neither did the person you're trying to help. 
And what we're doing is this. Love is what? What's the first word? Love is patient. Am I patient with you guys? I think so. I think so. Annoyed sometimes, but always patient. Because I want it to happen for you. And you want it to happen for people. And you want it to happen what? Now, and you think you can help them avoid some of the twists and turns you took. Now, you can help them shorten the distance, but they're still going to have to go on their own journey because then ultimately they have to own it themselves. Otherwise, you're trying to own it for them, which means you want the credit. And when they fail, it also means instead of the credit, you get the blame. Everybody with me, yes or no? You changed your life. I may have contributed your coach may have contributed. The feeding company may have contributed. This community may have contributed. You changed your life. You had the courage to do it and pursue it and keep fighting. You did that. Okay? I didn't do that. Because if I think I did that, then I want all the credit for it. But then you also get to throw the blame down when it doesn't work for you. Both of them are imposters. It's about owning your own journey. We want to give the feedback, but we only give the stuff that's most important. We don't want to give them the whole load. Be gracious with people. Give them what they need and understand there's more little bites to go. Feedback is the breakfast of champions, according to Ken Blanchard. Just had a chance to meet him recently. I don't know how that didn't happen. We've lived in the same community for 35 years. We're in the same business. and da, 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 da. We knew 100 people in common. But anyway, he's a beaut. 83 years of age, still making a difference. Your insight. Ask the mentee to take small steps. That's the person you're helping. Okay, what's a great way to test somebody to see if they're really up for the challenge? Give them a book. What kind of a book? A small one. A small one connected to their gifts. And if they read it, you might have something on your hands. Or if they listen to it in an auditory fashion, you might have something on your hands. If they don't, they want a crutch, not a mentor. If that makes sense, say I. And your answer is great. And the way you're able to be gracious about it is once you read that book, you get back to me, then we'll take the next step. Oh, yeah, now it's been a year. Hey, what about this? Have you read that book yet? Yeah, just get back to me when you have. Okay. The man who moves a mountain begins by carrying away small stones. Be gracious, be patient. Your insight is valuable. Give it small, small pieces. Some of you have teams and you want them to be up to speed like you are. Marie O'Dell. You get that new team member, you want them to be right where you are. 25 years of growing yourself, busting your hump, doing it right, being faithful, 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 twists and turns, twists and turns, twists and turns. And they're probably not as talented as you. Give them a little bit. See if they can do a little bit. If they do a little bit, give them a little bit more. If they give them a little bit, and then you don't do anything, and they give them a little bit, and they don't do anything, and they give them a little bit, and they don't do anything, then you give them freedom. You're free. You're free. The market's waiting for you. You can't want it more than them. Get off the cross. We need the wood, Brian. You can't want it more than them. Andy Warhol said this. When people are ready to change, they never do it before then. And sometimes they die before they get around to it. You can't make them change if they don't want to. Just like when they do want to, you can't stop them. Pick your spots. Can't stop them. Your first gift to give is your experience. I'm going to say if they're not interested in that, don't bother. 
Now, there are exceptions to that, okay? If you, you're part of a church, you want to support a church, and you, you don't plan on being working in church, you can give them the money. That's fine. But I'm talking about the gift of giving here. Lawrence Peter, this guy's great, Canadian educator. What can be more painful than learning from experience? Not to learn from your experience. So there's some people who don't. Next resource, your relationships. Bob Bodine and I have been trying to outgive one another since the day we met. I don't need money. He doesn't need money. We've been giving each other relationships. It's been awesome. Been awesome. Wait to see some of the people you get to see soon. Bob Bodine says you'll never succeed with people who devalue you. Ooh, that's a good one, isn't it? And then the last thing is your time, energy, and money. Time, energy, and money. You, again, may think this is a little off the path. When you start digging into this, I, I just know how this all works. What this whole thing is, I, I'm, we got this whole Motown jive going down and whatever else, but at the end of the day, what I'm really trying to get after here for three days is you getting a deeper understanding of who you are and what you are, what your gifts are, whether it be gifts of the heart, gifts of the spirit, skills and talents you possess, cultivate, cultivate, shape, polish, remember, connect, understand the environment they work best in, then go out there and do it. Bring it to your business, bring it to your clients, bring it to your team. And then also bring it to some sources outside your business. All work and no play makes Jack and Jill dull. Are you guys with me? And so there's people out there who need what you have. In here, in here, see who wants it. Go find those who are hungry, not those that you want to teach to. Go find the ones who need what you have. And then give a little bit and give a little bit and watch what happens. It will elevate your game. It will elevate you. Do it in a disciplined fashion. Everything in my life is scheduled to a T. Okay? Date night runs through Jeanette. Beverly knows. Because if she wants it to happen, she knows. Same for me. Everything I do. So when I'm doing the giving or I do this, it's, I know how much time I have and I know how much time I don't have. And when I have the people who need, no, 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 more, 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 Like sometimes, okay, in a launch, I might help somebody. But Otherwise, you, you know, you, you just don't have the goods to do this. You need me to do it. But when you do this, it elevates you, elevates your game, elevates your business, it'll elevate your income. These are just all the basic, but it just makes life richer. Makes life so much richer. And I'm trying to help you guys understand how much you have to offer. And I'm also trying to let you know in the world we live in today how much need there is. Great stuff, Brian. Finding your gifts and giving them away. It's such a powerful concept. We hope you enjoyed this session from our recent Peak Experience event. If you know someone who would benefit from the content, send it their way. And to send us on our way, here's Brian's mum, Therese. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.